0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One of the biggest questions surrounding the Reds this offseason is depth on the roster. Past the typical starter at each position, there is very little insurance to cover a big injury. How the Reds are filling this need is our main focus on today's podcast. Thanks for watching and listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Let's get started. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr, the uh, host with the addiction for the reds and i turned that addiction into information for you today we are going to be talking about the depth of the reds roster why it is so shallow and why the reds really need to focus on this and how they can do that we're also going to talk about the in uh, system options what the reds might have and more importantly what they don't have uh Throughout their minor leagues. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for making me your hashtag first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Make sure that you're subscribed right here on YouTube. i just pointing to the camera if you're listening on your favorite app, or if you're listening on your favorite app, make sure that you're following me there. That way you don't miss anything we've got for you. We are in off-season mode, as we like to say. It's going to be about three to four episodes a week, at least until we approach spring training, something that We'll change up the schedule once we get there, but for now, or if there's big news, I'll be jumping in emergency pod style. Hopefully, we'll get some big news as uh, the off season rolls on. But of course, during Christmas time, even if there wasn't a lockout, there wouldn't be a whole lot going on right now anyway. So we're focusing on some other areas of the team and we've been talking about burning questions when it comes to certain players on the roster. So let's look at the roster as a whole. And the burning question is how will the reds fix the shallowness of this roster? I mean, we're talking about a Creek bed in your backyard. Shallow. Sure. They've got some pretty decent starting options, and you're talking about bounce backs from Eugenio Suarez and a bounce back from Nick Senzel, and this roster looks pretty decent. But if there's an injury to more than two guys, heck, maybe even more than one guy, you are really going to tax this roster. We're not looking at a lot of sure things that the Reds are going to be able to fill holes with. So let's jump into that because this whole thought process was kind of brought about by an article by Bobby Nightingale in the Cincinnati Inquirer talking about the concern for the Reds when it comes to the depth of the roster. Because despite an intriguing core of players, the reinforcements for this team aren't very reassuring. You're talking about a lot of injury risks, even in the starting uh, nine or starting eight, at least when you look at the positional and some injury risks on the rotation and as in the bullpen that is already pretty shallow in and of itself. You're talking about Tyler Naquin, who dealt with injuries last year, Nixon Zell, whose career has basically been on the IL. You're looking at a guy in um. Some big injury time with Mike Mostakis. And if we add the designated hitter to the Reds roster this next season, that will be a huge issue. Talking about injury problems with Sonny Gray. And Vladimir Gutierrez this past year, sure, it was the most he's ever pitched in one single season. But toward the end of the year, he wasn't hurt, but he wasn't effective either. You could tell he had kind of hit like a physical wall when he got to a certain point there toward the end of August, early September. So there are lots of questions surrounding that. How do they fit those guys or how do they back those guys up whenever they run into problems like that? You looked at guys and, and and guys that we love. We as fans love to kind of gravitate toward the utility players. I know I do. I mean, when I, when I look at a guy like Max Schrock, I really love that guy and plus the name, I mean, get shrocked, you know, The guy shrocked the ball to right field, something like that. I love saying that whenever he hit a home run. I know it's dorky, whatever. I don't care. I'm kind of a dork anyway. But when I think of Max Schrock, I'm like, ooh, I I, I want to see more of him. But let's look objectively for a minute because in the month of September, and those couple of days in October, he got 75 at bats. In those 75 at bats, he hit 267 with a 664 OPS. That was good for like right around league average OPS plus just a little bit below OPS plus league average OPS plus not something that you're really like excited about And sure, that's kind of where these guys fall in is that if you're talking about a utility player a backup type player then extended playing time is not something that they're meant to do but when he was given extended playing time he showed flashes. But for the most part, they weren't amazing. Aristides Aquino is another guy that slots into this position of, because he got 130 at bats in the second half of this past year. Does anybody know how good he did with those? He hit a buck seventy-seven, And in fact, in 130 at bats during the second half, his OPS was 629, was less than Max Schrock's in his 75 at bats. I think we kind of know what Aristides Aquino is. He's a homer or bust guy. That's just who he is as a hitter. And while TJ Friedel showed some interesting flashes, it was a tiny, minuscule, absolutely just couldn't even really tell sample size when you're talking about a major league baseball season, where you're talking about the marathon that is, and as cliche as that is, it's worth mentioning 31 at-bats that T.J. Friedel had, that's nothing compared to a year. So to say that we know anything about him is foolish. Yes, he had a 290 batting average in those 31 at-bats, but come on, that's nine hits. What's that tell you? Yes, he's intriguing. He's interesting. That's not a reliable thing, though. Even guys like Alejo Lopez, who I you know, I, I want to see more of, I'm on the train of give that dude some chances. He has all of six singles in 14 career games played. Not to say that that means we know anything about that guy. Kind of like we said with TJ Friedel, the, the sample size is too small, but the Reds are telling us that they're not sure they want to give him an extended look or else they would have. He had op he had opportunities this past season and and guys like Alex Blandino, who fans gravitated toward, whether you're talking about our buddy Wick over at the red reporter or a friend of the show, Austin Elmore, it's 700 WLW and ESPN 1530. Those guys were big fans of Alex Blandino. He is now no longer a red. He was picked in the rule five or no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. He was signed as a minor league free agent by Um, but he was signed away from the Reds. So you're looking at guys that maybe we thought as fans should get more of a look. They're gone. And now the guys that we have on this roster that were like, oh yeah, they could provide depth. Can they? I think we need to be objective about that. I think we need to understand that there are limitations to our understanding of these guys. Their sample size is way too small for us to know anything about them. So to say that the Reds are deep because they have Max Schrock and because they have Aristides Aquino and because they have TJ Friedel and that's just the outfield, the position players, this, uh, that's kind of where we're focused at least on the depth part of things because when you talk about pitching, pitching depth is even scarcer. Because for the most part, we're looking at a bullpen that you got to squint to see who the main bullpen guys are. And the rotation, yes, the Reds have three of the best, you know, when you're talking about one, two, three punch at the top with Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley and Sonny Gray, those guys you can put up against anybody. But then you get to the fourth spot. Is that Vladimir Gutierrez? Is that Hunter Green? That Nick Ladello? and oh, by the way, that problem that Vladimir Gutierrez had this past year of hitting a wall toward the end of the year, we're probably going to see that with Green and Ladello if they hopefully do uh, be part of the Major League roster on opening day. It is worth noting. I, I've got some thoughts, though, when it comes to inside the organization. Can the Reds provide depth from within? That's coming up. Here in just a moment, before we talk about that though, we gotta talk about Built Bar. It's the perfect time of year for Built Bar when you're talking about a sweet treat that you wanna grab. Built Bar slots into the sweet treat mantra, but it also is healthy. We're talking about 180 calories or less. Talking about 18 grams of protein. Talking about four grams of sugar or less and lots of low fat low carb options when you look at all the flavors that bill bar has and they have so many flavors they've got cherry barcia they've got the brand new ruby chocolate that they just brought back to the website at built.com so good plus it's a puff bar the, the built bar puffs are so phenomenal. They are like a cloud of marshmallowy goodness that still somehow has amazing amounts of protein that will absolutely fit within your diet. Built Bar is the best option when you're talking about scratching that sweet itch, but also not breaking the diet. Go to Built.com today. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get yourself some stocking stuffers because nobody is happier than when they open a stocking and find a built bar in it. Check them out today. Built.com locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. You can get a mixed box. You can get one box of your favorite flavor. Just put an order in for some Ruby chocolate. Myself can't wait to get that in the mail, but they're all kind of great stuff that you can get at built.com today and use that promo code locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Tomorrow, going to look at the Reds prospect rankings as brought to you by the man who knows more about the Reds minor leagues than Bob Castellini himself, Doug Gray. We're going to take a look at what he's got in store for the rankings. Might have Doug with me, might not. We're still waiting on a confirmation there, Doug. But regardless, we're going to uh, break those down on tomorrow's podcast and speaking of in organization we've we've been talking about the depth of this roster and how it is concerning and how it is a thing that the reds absolutely need to focus on that they have reinforcements in the minor leagues other than the two stud starting pitchers in Ladello and Green hope is the word for the rest and what do we always say what does our friend Chad Dotson always say Hope is not a strategy. Anyway, let's jump into this. Hunter Green and Nick Lodello, in a world where teams are not incentivized to manipulate, manipulate service time. Those two dudes are part of the Red starting rotation on opening day. They're not opening day starters, but they should be your fourth and fifth guys. I believe that as much as Vladimir Gutierrez showed this past year, I think that in the power rankings of starting pitchers for the Cincinnati Reds, he is sixth. He is not fifth. He is not fourth. I believe green and Ladello already are ahead of him in that regard. And so if you could bring those guys up, you could move Gutierrez to a role where he's a spot starter. Maybe you create a six man rotation. Maybe he's just a spot starter, long relief type guy, because then you give David Bell An option out of the bullpen who has a longer-than-one-inning stamina type approach. And I think that that is a good move, something that the Reds should absolutely do. You bring those two up, you boost the depth of pitching for this roster. Outside of those two, though, nothing is certain. There are interesting guys. There are exciting guys. Dowry Moretta is an exciting dude who showed some electric stuff late last year in a very tiny sample size. Again, a guy that if you really tell me that you know who Dowry Moretta is, then I'm going to be concerned because I don't know who he is. I know he's got an electric fastball, and I know that he is a dude that has the kind of upside that you're thinking the word closer. But do we know that? I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know anything about Dari Moretta. I know I'm excited. I know that he's not proven. Rivar San Martin is another dude who showed that he has a chance to be a reliable lefty, probably out of the bullpen, maybe as a spot starter, probably as a long relief type dude. But again, tiny sample size. Didn't see him that much last year. Saw so two starts. What do you know after two starts? You don't know anything. After two starts, if you said you knew that Luis Castillo was a bad pitcher after the first two starts of the season last year, then you didn't know anything because the second half of the year, he was amazing. Just that first half really kind of derailed everything. Two starts don't really tell us anything about a dude, but he has intrigue. I'm intrigued about him. TJ Friedel mentioned him earlier, gave us optimism that he could be something in the outfield. He could be that dude. But let's be honest, even the Reds waited until September to even give him a shot. Dude wasn't up until September. They had outfield injuries. They had, you know, just inefficiency and and all around not performances from Aristides Aquino. But they continue to roll him out there and leave Friedel down in the minors. And if we're being honest, he's a lefty hitter. Even if you had, so, okay, imagine this. Imagine you had Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, Tyler Aquin, Shogo Akiyama, TJ Friedel, and uh, Max Schrock. All guys who saw outfield playing time this past year up. Did I count Aquino? Gosh, whatever. Yeah, you have all those guys up in the major leagues to start the season. You couldn't put three right-handed hitters up out in the outfield. they're all, Most of them are lefties. Your two righties are Nixon, Zell, and Aristides Aquino. And we're talking about a team that struggled mightily against left-handed pitching. There's just no depth. There's no depth. And you're talking about unproven guys at that. TJ is an unproven guy. Alejo Lopez is another one that, that joins TJ Friedel in the... Fans are interested, but not really sure their excitement to be had surrounding these guys. That, that that's kind of the camp that those guys are in. Like we're intrigued, but excited might be a little bit of a strong word. And, and maybe Graham Ashcraft could slot into the bullpen this year. Maybe he could be a dude that you're not necessarily pulling up as a starter right now, but. You could slot him in as a middle relief guy this year, maybe. But let's be honest, outside of Graham Ashcraft, and outside of Nick Ladello and Hunter Green and those, dare I say, quadruple guys and TJ Friedel and Alejo Lopez, is anyone getting a call up that's just gonna blow the doors off of Great American? I don't think so. I, I think that the cover, it's not bare. The cover's not bare, but the cupboard is sparse with regards to guys who could get the call up this season and make an impact this season. There's a lot of guys whose ETAs are 2023-2024. That's exciting for those years, but talking about this season, talking about 2022, when we're looking at the competitiveness of this roster and how deep it is, there aren't many guys in the minor leagues that you're counting on to help that out, and that is the big problem. With that being said, the the moves that the Reds can actually make right now during the lockout now carry slightly more importance than you'd bet. And if you're looking for a place to bet, I know the place it's betonline.ag. You can go there today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. And you can start making some cash off your sports knowledge by betting at BetOnline. AG. They've got amazing lines. Whether you're talking about the NFL that is firmly within the playoff race, our man Joey B's got a real big shot this weekend against the Ravens to really take the Bengals toward a playoff spot. Talk about a team that their over-under of wins this year was six and a half. Blew right by that. Made me some money, too. And you can make some money off the Bengals at betonline.ag today. Plus, they've got NCAA football as bowl season rolls along. You've got college basketball, the NBA, great lines, money lines, point spreads, over-unders, and prop bets, too on all of that great stuff, including the NHL UFC boxing and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can find it all at betonline.ag. Go there today, set up your profile, use the promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome bonus. Get your bankroll started off right before you even make a bet with the promo code locked on at betonline.ag where the game starts. You can connect with, the show. You can connect with me at Twitter, uh, or on Twitter at locked on reds for the show. And you can find me at Jeff Carr with three Fs there on Twitter. Also hit me up on the locked on reds line. Five, one, three, five, four, nine, zero, one, five, nine, and a, a, a miniature tease next week at the end of next week as we roll in to the new year as we roll into 2022 I got a big announcement that's going to be coming you're not going to want to miss that coming up next week big announcement for the future of locked on reds so we've talked about the depth of this roster we've looked at the in the uh you know the the in organization reinforcements or lack thereof that the reds have so Now we got to focus on minor league signings, right? Because for right now, for the lockout, you can't do anything major league wise. That's all shut down. That's all frozen trade talks. You can negotiate trades, but nothing's final right now. You can't sign anybody right now. So minor league signings with invites to spring training, get a little bit more of a focus put on them. These are the kind of guys that the Reds can add to the roster that help with depth. I'm not going to say they fix the depth problem, but you can run into a Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin was a minor league signing with an invite to spring training this last year. Look how good that turned out. We're talking about him being a critical part of this outfield this next year. Of course, you also have a myriad of relievers that were minor league signings that just failed let's call it what it is. They failed regardless of maybe they had a couple of weeks, maybe they even had a month or two of success by and large, they failed. So they're kind of high risk, high reward. Well, maybe not even high reward, high risk, medium reward type moves. But these are the type of moves that the reds are going to focus on. Let's be honest. They told us they're not going to spend a ton of money, but I think that these under the radar moves will certainly have an impact. I think even though they're talking about not spending that much money, one major league move, one move would make us all feel a lot better about this depth issue that the reds have talking about. If you could go out and sign a major league outfielder, once the lockout is lifted then the depth of this roster gets a lot better. You're talking about not depending so much on a Nixon Zell or a Tyler Naquin. And because of that, those guys slot into the, well, okay, they are depth pieces now. That moves everybody back a peg, and that makes me feel a lot better about the major league roster depth. So they've also got these minor league signings that they're making that will have an impact in some way, shape, or form. Some moves that they've already made minor league signings with invites to spring training that the Reds have already made are as follows. They got Jake Bowers, a former highly touted prospect for the Cleveland Indians. Kyle Dowdy, a relief pitcher who could be a guy to just slide in, in the middle of relief, Trey Ambergie, Brandon Bailey, who we know we've had on the podcast a couple of times. He was on the major league roster. They had to do the whole thing where they cut him off the major league roster, but then re-add him through a minor league signing and an invite to spring training. So dude still has a shot to make an impact. Could still be a nice relief option for the Reds, Andrew Knapp, Alan Cordoba, Trey, and I'm going to try this one, Wingenter, Trey Wingenter, I think is how you pronounce that, and Aramis Garcia, who is a catcher as well, all have invites to spring training and or minor league signings. Dowdy, he has a decent curveball, so, uh, but his fastball is low spin, not necessarily slotting into the spin mantra with his fastball. Whenever the Mets made him a rule five pick a couple of years ago, Fangraphs said that they thought he could stick with the Mets bullpen. Maybe he could stick with the Reds bullpen. uh, Jake Bauer, I almost said Jack Bauer. Okay. If let's, let's say it right here. If Jake Bowers actually becomes something for the Reds, I'm going to officially change his first name to Jack. So he could be Jack Bauer. It's just going to happen. Anyway, Jake Bowers, as he is currently known, Kind of like in the Bible when you go from Abram to Abraham. Yeah, if he's good, he's going to change his first name to Jack. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) Jake Bowers was ranked the 43rd best prospect in all of baseball back in 2018. Something to be excited about. Trey Wingenter, his fastball had a 70, right? And that's out of 80. The scouting scouting scale of like 30 to 80 or 20 to 80, whatever that is. I think it's 20 to 80. His fastball had a 70 rating on his 2019 prospect report card, according to Fangraphs. And Andrew Knapp could very well be the backup catcher. He had a pretty good rating on his throwing. His His, his throwing was graded at a 50. Pretty decent. That's like, you know, major league contributor grade. For his throwing ability, he's going to be a field first catcher. He's not a hitter. I mean, he hit a couple of home runs this past year, but for the most part, he's going to be the dude that backs up Tyler Stevenson. I think that could definitely be, be a thing, but let's be honest. There's definitely more work to be had when you're talking about minor league signings that could make an impact. And, and once the lockout ends to sign one guy, doesn't even have to be, like, that expensive. Sign a major league outfielder, talking to you, Nick Crawl, right now. Sign a major league outfielder at the end of the lockout, and this depth problem becomes less of a problem. Just don't, like, bank on all the minor league signings happening because that's probably... I don't know, like without having gone through like the last 10 years of minor league signings, the invites of spring training, I'm guessing like 10% of those hit for the Reds, maybe 20% thereabouts. It's a gamble. It's kind of a shot in the dark, but it can help. It can work. Just give me that one major league signing. That's all I'm asking for. One major league signing. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Now make Lockdown Bets your second listen as your boy Q and Lee Sterling help you make some cash at betonline.ag that's Locked On Bets just like Locked On Reds free and available on all platforms tomorrow like I mentioned earlier we're going to talk some Reds prospect rankings as procured by Doug Gray it might be the off season and we might be locked out but we're Locked On Reds every single day